Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. It's a pleasure to be with you this week. You know, last week we were talking about the concept of the purpose of money in our life. And we were talking basically about the four things that we do with our money, which is we can spend it, save it, invest it, give it away. And always with the whole perspective of really being a good steward of what the time, talent, and treasure we've been blessed with throughout our lives. So with that being said, when we were talking last week on our show, our guest that was with us and co-host, Dave Suki, was with us last week. He's also with us this week. So Dave, welcome back. Good morning, Frank. See you. Thank you. Good morning, Frank. And so last week when we were you know, having this conversation with regard to money, we were talking about how to increase our rate of accumulation. And we're talking about the fact that we know that at some point in time, we're all going to stop working. We, we exit the workforce, either what I call voluntarily, you always hear me say that, which is retirement, or involuntarily, which is what we call that life event. And the life event could be a number of things. It could be the loss of a job. It could be a lawsuit. It could be a disability. It could be death. There's a number of things. You know, life isn't always perfect. It is what it is. But when we talk about the concept of leaving the workforce on a voluntary basis, what becomes the most important thing to us at that point is really the rate of distribution. So what we're going to focus on today is we're going to talk a little bit about distribution. And you know, when I talk about distribution, I think that there's really only three things that we could do with our money. We can try to live off our interest. We can live off our principal and interest. We can do what's called annuitization. And there's a variety of different perspectives on all of these. Now, one of the interesting things that I always hear from people is, you know, people will say to me, Frank, what about Social Security? You know, is it going to be here? And I always say is, you know what, I don't believe the government's going to, you know, default on what they're doing anytime in the near future. And the interesting thing about Social Security is that when you hit normal retirement age, if you're still working, I know there's a lot of people that say, as soon as I can get, I'm going to take it. However, for every year that someone waits to take it, and we've talked about this in the past, is Social Security benefits increase at about 7% per year. And so what happens is, is you always have to calculate what I refer to as that crossover period from, you know, had you taken the benefits early and even if you didn't need the money, you saved it, versus if you wait and take it and you're getting 7% higher for the rest of your life. So if you know that you're going to have a, you know, nobody knows this, by the way, a long life expectancy, and you do the calculation, say I'm healthy, my family has longevity, the 7% increases make sense. However, on the other side of that is if I was looking at it, and I said, geez, I'm not in the greatest of health. Taking the benefits earlier may make more sense. So, Dave, I know that you're having these conversations with people. You know, any thoughts or perspectives you'd like to just add around that before we talk about interest and different ways in which we take money and the rate of distribution? I would start with this, Frank. I would think if you, if you did a poll, we're in that polling time of year, right, with elections and different things. And you just got behind us. Yeah. Congratulations to all of our new elected officials, by the way. So – if you did a poll and you asked people, so do you do you know what rate of distribution means? Do you know do you know what spending money from your future savings looks like? Right? If you ask questions around that, the more and more that I've studied it, you come to the realization people don't really have a lot of answers or information around that. Frank, I mean, they're starting to become aware because TV commercials are becoming more popular around that topic. How long am I going to live? Is my money going to last as long as I am, right? Well, that was a funny commercial with the gentleman in the car. I don't know if you saw it. I yeah. just saw it. Yes. You know, the car commercial where we had the gentleman in the car, and what occurs with the gentleman in the car is, you know, effectively he's driving down the road, and he goes, 
well, my, my life expectancy is X and my money's life expectancy is Y. And the whole idea was he was going to run out of money. Yes. So when we look at that, that becomes kind of the issue you know, that we're facing. Yes. And, and so our quality of life is, is derived from the cash flow that we're, we're going to uh, create off of those assets. Because, again, you just said voluntarily or involuntarily if we're accident the workforce, we're going to get cash flow some, some, from somewhere. Okay, maybe it's Social Security. Right? You're a lot older than me. Um, well, not older. Hey, hey, i got a long time <laughs> before I get there for our listeners. So Another 15 years before my normal retirement age. What's What likely, if we've exited the workforce, is it's coming from our balance sheet somewhere, the savings and assets that we've accumulated. So at, at the distribution uh, phase, there there's a conversation that's had around what, how much do I need to have the lifestyle I'd want to have. And if, if I have enough money saved and the interest rate environment I live in is, is um, uh, good enough that I can live off the interest, I think you see clients that say, oh, I'm good with that. If we're in an interest rate environment like we happen to be currently and I didn't save as much as I was hoping to save, now there's, there's a different conversation. It's like, what do I do? I need to have X and I only have Y and how do I make up the difference? Do I live less or do I spend more and then risk outliving my assets and that's really where the conversation has to go and, and you have to discover what, what you need to do you, you know Dave it's interesting is you know I can't not go back to like our last show on just a little bit for our listeners which is you know Dave's and we're talking about this rate of distribution but I can't emphasize enough that prior to that rate of distribution which means it's like all of a sudden we've arrived and so now what's going to happen and I, I encourage all of our listeners, you really got to work at increasing your rate of savings and getting a good rate of return. I don't mean speculating and gambling with your money, but just well mm-hmm. diversified, be prudent with how you invest it. But you need to you need to increase your savings rate. And that's what we were talking about a lot last week, which is it's important because once you get there, you know, it's kind of like you know, Dave and I have, you know, a prop that we utilize when we're doing seminars. Yeah. And it's it's a tape roller. And what we do with the tape roller, so if you can kind of envision this as the following, we would go to an audience and we would say, let's figure out on the tape roller where you are at this point in your life. So as an example, if someone was 40 years old, we'd go to 40. And we'd go to 40 inches and we'd say, okay, now here you are at 40 inches. Yeah. How many years do you have left to work or you're planning on working? And then when they go 25, and it doesn't look like very much when you see those 25 years or 25 inches. Yeah. So then we go down the ruler and we go, okay, here we are now at age 65. How long do you think you're going to live? Now, nobody knows that. That's that wild card, you know, but Willard Scott years back, and I don't know if he still does it, would be sitting there on the news and going, hey, so-and-so just hit 100 years old today. And so, you know, if I came out of the workforce or exited working at 65 and here Willard Scott is wishing me a happy birthday, I spent 35 years in retirement. Yep. And so – that's why I can't emphasize enough for all of our listeners that increasing the amount that you save and you know really being prudent with your money matters. And so here we are then on that rate of distribution, which Dave is talking a little bit about. And I have this conversation with everybody when we sit down and we talk about retirement. And they say, can you tell me how long you're going to live? And I get the same that's answer. Right. Absolutely. You know, and the answer is for our listeners, and you know this, is everybody tells me no. So then the thought is, if I don't know how long I'm going to live, I can't very well then spend my principal and my interest on what we call a pay down. A pay down basically means that I would say, all right, let's say I had 
$500,000. And I looked at that $500,000 and I said, well, I probably lived 20 years. Or I'm going to plan for 20 years. And so I take the 500000 I assume some interest rate, and then the person mm-hmm. starts living off of whatever that number mm-hmm. is. So maybe it's 30000 a year or whatever that case might be for the next 20 years. But what happens if they're here 21 years, 25 years, 30 years? They would have depleted their principal and have run out of money. So that's the real risk yeah. of this. So, you know, when we start talking about that, that's a concern. Yeah. And you don't get a second shot, Frank. So as you're saying this to listeners, save now, save now. It's important. It follows that principle we've discussed on the show before, hard, easy. The hard part may be now, okay, meaning paying attention is probably the biggest thing we see with clients, knowing what where dollars are going. And then the, it may make the second half easy. And we had this conversation this morning when we were discussing retirement and the fact that it's not an ending point. Right, if we don't get Absolutely. to retirement and go now everything's over. I just move my money into the you know CD marketplace and and I wind up you know living off of the living off money the rest of my life. That doesn't it's not common, Frank. It doesn't happen. Usually, people don't have Absolutely. enough money to do that. So it becomes it's just it's it's the second half of the game. You may only be through halftime, as you mentioned. Sixty five to ninety five is another thirty years. Well, you know it's, it's interesting, David, and as we're having this conversation, that a lot of people their former savings is their four hundred one k. Yeah. And so what happens with a 401k and, you know, big mistake that's being made is people have what they call these target date funds. So the, the view of a target date fund, you know, is they look and they go, okay, so let's say I'm 50 years old today. So I look and I go, okay, so I'm going to pick a target out 15 years from right. today because I'm right. going to retire. Right. What the target date fund is actually doing is the closer I get to that number of retirement, it's taking more and more of the risk and the volatility out, which is also – hindering the growth of the portfolio. The reality is, is that my life didn't stop then. I may have stopped working. However, it didn't get me through retirement. It only got me to to retirement. So many of these target date funds, from an asset allocation standpoint, are totally out of whack. And the people that are signing up for them, okay, that looks like the right number. And the people coming out doing the 401k, they're not thinking this through. So their money, return-wise, is also going to fall short. That's right. That's right, Frank. And um, this is, you know, this is a big topic because when you bring up retirement to people, everyone has a vision of it, Frank. Some aspect. I mean, me and you talk. I don't think I'll ever exit the workforce voluntarily, completely. You know, meaning right. I'll do something for to create value in people's lives and continue to do that. I always say entrepreneurs oh. never retire; they just transition. That's right. Right. So if I'm always I'm healthy and of sound mind, and people still want to you know, want to hear from me, then that's great. But, you know, at some point, it's common that you do, right, some aspect in our in our lives. So I want to be prepared, knowing what are, what are the options, what possibilities exist, Frank. We talk about that all the time. What are the – you mentioned three of them on the rate of distribution. You know, be very versed in interest only, principal and interest spend down, and annuitization, which is a word people hear. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean an annuity? Not necessarily. It means annuitization means a payment. It's a form of a payment over a, over a period of time, right? So pensions, you, let's just take annuitization out if I just said a pension p- plan payment. Right. It's fair, right, Frank? Would you say that, you know, to, to it, view it that it, way and have is, an idea of what it means? I was going to say it's viewed by a lot of, you know, financial institutions and advisors that they look at it as if, you know, um, effectively they're taking capital and they're turning it into a pension for right, life. Right, right. You know, the good thing of that is you don't outlive your money. 
the challenge with that is, is that the rate of return may not be very high, but it couldn't be very high because they don't know how long you're going to live. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, is that's an insurance company or a financial institution trying to balance risk. And, you know, we talk about the concept of what we call mortality credits, which is, you know, they have the ability to do that because they offer insurance, which is for people that die too soon. And the way they make money is when people live too long. And then on annuities, the way they make money on annuities is when people die soon, okay? And the way they lose money there is when the people live too long. So they're actually able to balance the risk that they have in that arena. So those types of programs and, and products actually make sense. However, the challenge with them in today's low interest rate environment is that the distribution rates aren't really very high. Right. But when you compare, it's like in comparison to what? You know, so when you look, and I think um, a 10-year Treasury right now is, is under 2%. Uh, throughout the course of this week, it was actually under 2.4 for you know pretty much all week. So when you're comparing 10-year money at 2.5% or less, so if you've had to get a distribution rate that might be 4 or 5 or 6%, and that distribution rate is not your rate of return, right. it's that's big. part principal, part interest. And that's what the listeners have to understand. They need to understand what the product is that they own. Frank, I, th- I think the most recent studies, so when I entered the, the business uh, 15 years ago and we started to look at this, the distribution rates that were published back then, I mean, if you study, you say, They're okay. They're 9%. Right. They're down in the threes and fours now when you're seeing it, meaning, uh, you know, clients are, are, are getting aware of this. There's, you know, information in the Wall Street Journal about it, information in Barron's, anything you, you look up, what's distribution rate? They'll actually, there's studies done on how much you can take out of a portfolio without running the risk of, of depleting the whole thing. And, well, and that's... Well, big. one of the other things that have changed is, you know, because of the low interest rate environment that we have and the fact that we're living so long, you know, because people are, abs- you know, obviously living much longer than you know they were years ago is the sense that there'll always be some level of equities in a portfolio right i can't tell you the last time that we haven't seen somebody's retirement portfolio where where they had diversified funds or you know whatever that they might have 10 20 30 even up to 40 percent of their portfolio is in some form of equities to hedge against inflation and to also provide you know some growth in the portfolio so that they can try to achieve a higher total return that's right versus just you know the old days would be is i would try to just earn a rate of return which would be let me get some bonds let me get some cds but right now bonds are paying very low cds are paying very low we're in a very low interest rate environment so for savers it's extremely difficult that's right when we look at this right so the only way that you can kind of hedge that is really by having some equities in a portfolio and managing that well diversified you know, and don't go over your head with what you're doing. Yep. And then the last one, and we'll spend just a few more minutes, we've been talking about the concept of there are financial organizations out that utilize these annuities. And, again, what people have to understand is the, the rate of distribution is not the rate of return, and they are getting perhaps principal and interest back as a part of that distribution rate. And the, it's like anything else. The longer you wait, the better – the higher the, re- the higher the distribution rate because your life expectancy is shorter, so they'll pay higher. So one of the keys then for people would also be is to really manage how they distribute assets. You know, what, are they, what assets use first? And annuities are typically the last asset that you want to utilize, you know, when you're considering something like that because it'll pay the higher return in the later years. Mm-hmm. So That's right. 
Dave, any thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, as we're I think that the, the, the takeaway for today, I would encourage them, is to start educating themselves on it and understanding that that's a, that's a, there's a set of facts there they got to get their head around and know when they, when they arrive. I mean, I'm, I'm 39, going to be 40 next year. So it's like, hey, that tape measure, and you said that tape measure, 40, you know, 40 now, it's 25 years. I mean, that's not, it doesn't look like it's a long time, right? It could blink goes, and goes, it goes by. Yeah. And I'm entering the expensive year soon, right? College tuition, all that. So uh, be educated on what, what your options are first, and then, you, you know, seek counsel after that. Very good. So for all of our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering, Respons- to Discovering Responsible Wealth. Our guest today, David Suki over at CNA Financial Group, also my co-host. This has been Frank Congelos. If you have questions, you could write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736, or email us at info at ifrw.com. Thank you and have a blessed week.